Would you take your Bibles out and turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7? That's where we're going to start this morning. That's where we're going to launch from. And, uh, and I'm excited to share this message with you. You know, I thought a lot about today over the last few months and thought a lot about, okay, well, what does this look like? If summit happens, right? If, if, this, if this happens, if this thing comes to fruition, then where do we start? Where do we begin? You know, where do we launch from? Um, kind of as a new beginning, as a new body. And so, uh, and I felt really back in October, November, um, as we were, were meeting together, as, as things were happening and things were going and, and, uh, and things were coming together, I just really felt a sense that we needed to start with prayer. That we needed to start, and I think today, hopefully in the next couple hours as we look at Scripture together, um, I, I think that will become more clear to you. I'm, I'm not going to preach for the next couple hours, Gabby, I promise. But I think it will become more clear to us as to why. Because, because here's, the, here's the reality, right? We could have, you know, and I'm looking out and I see, you know, both former churches, you know, represented this morning. You know, we could have kept going. Right? We could have kept making it. We could have kept doing our thing. We could have kept, you know, surviving. We could have kept, you know, um, uh, you know, meeting separately on Sunday morning. But what's really warmed my heart over the past couple weeks, I mean, not over the past couple weeks, after the past few days, after the past week, right, is after last Sunday night, which was a really sweet time together. If you missed it, we missed you. Um, but, uh, but, but one of the things that's really blessed my heart is I've seen this hashtag. Now, some of you may not know what a hashtag is. That's okay. Join a small group of some younger folks. They'll teach you what a hashtag is, okay? Um, but but there's, a, there's this hashtag that's been going around this thing uh, called social media, right, that's, that says, better together. That we're better together. Because here, here's, here's what I don't believe, right? And some of you um, have heard me say this before. Some of you may not have, right? But I don't believe that the cross happened. I don't believe that Jesus did what He did. I don't believe that God, right, made the things happen the way that He made the things happen so that the church could be casual, so that the church could do what we've always done, so that the church could just make it. I believe that God did what He did by sending Jesus to transform the church so that we could be His plan to save the world because God wants relationship with people. And it's our responsibility as His church to point others to relationship. And so if we can do that better together, then shouldn't we? But yet still, right, still, and this isn't, this isn't a merger message, okay? Just, just, I promise it's not a merger message. We're going to get to the point in just a moment, right? But there's still fear. Right? There's still fear in us as individuals. And then I think there's still you know, fear in like, what, is, what does the church look like? Do, are we at the right place? Right? I hear that all the time when, when people are you know, kind of looking for a church home. Right? Is this the right place? Is this the, is this the right fit? Is this the perfect church? And there's no perfect church because there's no perfect people. And the church is people. Right? So we still have fears, we still have doubts, we still have insecurities, we still have questions, right? There's, there's questions that, that flow all around this thing, but where do we take those? Where do we take those? Where do we point our hearts as a church? So I thought it was essential to start with prayer, and to start with prayer, we've got to deal with what prayer is. So what is prayer? And I'm glad you asked. 
Because I, I found a definition about a year ago um, when it came to prayer that I fell in love with. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. But prayer is this. Prayer is constant, right? Because Paul tells the church in Philippi, in chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 4, right? To pray without ceasing, right? To play, pray always, right? And so this, this definition of prayer, uh, constant communion with God. Prayer is constant communion with God. See, so many of us think that prayer is constant communication with God or that prayer is this, this thing that we do on Sunday morning so that we can transition from thing to thing to thing or, or prayer is something that we do before meals or prayer is something that we do at 6.15 before the Super Bowl so that we keep Gronk healthy and Tom Brady healthy and all the, you know, right? The, the, the prayer, the, the, the prayer is just what we do at specific times for specific things. No, 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 no. Prayer is so much more than a communication. Prayer is a communion, which implies this deeper Right, this meditation that I'm doing life with God, that everything that I am, everything that I do, God is a part of it. God is with me. Right? So prayer is this constant communion with God. What better place for a group of believers to start? What better place for us to come together than prayer? Because see, the reality is, as we sit here this morning, we all have different preferences. We all have different things that we'd like to see. We all have different things that we'd like to happen. We all have, you know, you know, the shirt should have been blue. The shirt should have been green. You know, the carpet should be this color. The chairs should be this. The, you know, and, and different things like that. The drums should be over about six inches to the left. You know, because then it would resonate. Right? I mean, we all have different preferences, and I'm joking about some of those. But we all have different preferences. We all have different favorite you know, styles of music. We all have different styles of movies, different styles of dress. Different, you know, we, all, we all have different styles, and we come from different places and different backgrounds and different things. I come from the land of fried chicken, and I was baptized in sweet tea. <laughs> you know? Um, and so we come from different backgrounds. We come from different places. We have different preferences. But the one thing that unites the church is Jesus. Right? We all have that in common. If we believe in God this morning, if we believe, right, those things, then we have that in common. And that's the unity of the church. And so, what better place to point our attention than to unite around communion with God? So, prayer is this constant communion with God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse. Uh, we're going to look at verses 11 through 15 this morning together. Let me give you a little background. Solomon right, has been praying on behalf of, of, of these people. King Solomon has been praying on behalf of a people. And then we pick up in chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. And to really unpack this, to really get the heart of this, you'd have to go back to chapter 6. You'd have to read through all of this and then get to uh, Solomon's prayer in chapter 6, verses 40 through the end, verses 40 through 42. But we're going to pick Pick up in chapter 7, verse 11, where God responds to his prayer, where God responds to Solomon. So read it with me. It says uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 11, just read along with me. If you don't have your Bibles, the words will be on the screen. It says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I've heard your prayer 
And I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. And so when we approach <coughs> prayer as a church and when we, approach, when we approach prayer as individuals, I think there's three things from this passage that we need to know. Number one, God hears your prayer. God hears our prayer. Because see, if you're anything like me, there are times right, when we pray and it feels like our prayers aren't even hitting the ceiling. And we're praying for you know, a financial miracle. We're praying for a job miracle. We're praying for a marriage miracle. We're praying for our son and daughter to come into a relationship with Jesus. You know, we're praying for this. We're praying for that. Right? And it just feels like God isn't hearing our prayer. Our prayers aren't even reaching the ceiling. Because the reality is, is that you've probably all heard this quote, right? The, that God has three answers to prayer. Yes, no, and not yet. And I feel like God could just leave out the not yet one. Right? I mean, I mean if... if if he asks me, which he doesn't, right? But if he asks me, I think he could leave out the not yet part. Because I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a person that I want what I want and want it now. Anybody else? Okay, good. I see those hands. We want what we want and we want it now. In fact, uh, many of us are this way. If Herb Perry would have had his way right here, he would have, he would have had his way. And this would have happened back in June where our churches would have come together. He want, you know, we want what we want, and we want it now. And so that not yet answer doesn't really rest well with a lot of us. But the assurance in this passage and the assurance all throughout Scripture is that God hears our prayer. God hears our prayer. You look at verse 11 where, where God responds, Solomon finished, right? All the house. And then in verse 12, the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. I've heard your prayer. I've heard your prayer. But the assurance there is that God hears our prayer. Sorry, guys. I don't know where to put this. Okay. God hears our prayer. And so God is appearing to the king. God is appearing to Solomon here to assure him that personally, that it, to assure him personally that his prayers on behalf of the temple would be answered. But he doesn't stop there. Not only does God hear our prayer, but God acknowledges our prayer. Look at verse 13. He says there, he says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, that right there is what Solomon had prayed. That was his heart. That was the prayer of Solomon. So not only had God heard the prayer, but then he comes to meet with Solomon and say, hey, listen, I've not only heard your prayer, but I'm acknowledging it. So when I do this, when I respond to your prayer. So God not only hears our prayer, God acknowledges our prayer. And then in verse 14 and 15, we see that God responds. Right? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. 
God hears our prayer. God acknowledges our prayer. God responds to their prayer. He tells Solomon that he's heard them. And he commits to answering them. If. 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 My people who are called by my name. And that's where we have to start. See, we have to realize as the church of Jesus Christ that we are His possession. We're not our own. We are God's. We're His possession. That's what what God is literally saying here. If my people, if my people, if my possession who are called by my name, this is a big deal here. We see the authority of God all through this. We should know the authority of the name of God. See, here's here's the truth. We should know the authority of His name. We are saved by the name of God. Our prayers are answered in the name of God. And we face an enemy who wants nothing more than to trip us up, distract us, discourage us, who fears the name of God. He fears the name of God. And God shows up to Solomon and says, if my people who are called by my name, this is a big thing because we belong to Him and we are to bear His name. (coughs) I'm sorry, guys. This is a big thing. We are called by Him, and we're called to bear His name. See, we exist as the body of Christ. Right? Not, not to form a cool worship team and, you know, and, and that, that everybody would know their name. Right? Or, 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 or too much is put on, you know, see, see we... You know, we join together and we think, okay, you know, we're together now. Pastor Travis is the answer. (laughs) I hope not. See, the church exists to make the name of Jesus famous. We're called by his name to bear his name. If my people who are called by My name. If My people who are called by My name, we belong to Him. We are God's people. You're not Travis's people this morning. You're not Pastor Russ's people this morning. You're not Dylan's people. You're not Jeff's people. You're not not Herb's people. If My people, we are God's people. And we are united as God's people under His authoritative name. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but that's pretty freeing this morning. That we are His. That we belong to Him. He goes on, if my people would humble themselves. Would humble themselves. We talked about this. Someone was talked about this last week. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that the proper time He might exalt you. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. Humility is not thinking poorly of ourselves. Humility is not thinking of ourselves at all. Paul tells the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 to put the, put, the, uh, put, put the interests of the people around you above your own interests. 
And I'll tell you this, we don't want to wait, right? We don't want to wait because what God's saying here is if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, we don't want to wait for God to humble us. Right? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. Then he goes on, pray and seek my face. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. See, too often, too often. I don't know if you've seen this, but I see it quite often. Too often, we look to, I don't really know any other way to, to put it, Herb, but, but too often we look to a super preacher, a celebrity pastor, to bring revival. Too, too often we, we look and we say, oh man, you know, if I could just... If I could just hear from, from this guy all the time, or if I could just if I could just listen here, or if we could just get this person, oh, that would be the answer to all of our issues. No, no, listen. The body is most effective as the church of Jesus Christ when the body ministers to the body. Right? When the body ministers to the body, when we point each other to the person and work of Jesus. I am not your answer. I'm not your answer. And in fact, man, if, if I'd be, I, I was jobless last Sunday night for about 20 minutes. I was so tempted to run. Man, like I, I didn't expect that, Mike. Like I didn't expect this feeling to come over me. Like Kristen looked at me, she's like, you're free. And when she said that, I was like, I'm free. Like I can run right now. You know, I can go, you know. I'm not going anywhere, unfortunately, for you guys. Um, right? But if, but if I was gone tomorrow, man, God's got such big plans for Summit that are so much bigger than me, so much higher. I, I, this thing would keep going and it would just be unbelievable. Because it's not a celebrity pastor, it's not a great communicator, it's not this, it's not that that brings revival. It's all of us hitting our faces. And saying, God, would you show up here? Would you do something here? Would you do something amazing here? Would you, would you just, would you heal our land? Like, would you, would you bring revival in this place? Like, would you just do something that, the, in my prayer, all the last month, this wasn't in the first service, so this is free, this is extra for you guys, okay? But my prayer has been, you know, what, what, what God told Habakkuk, right? In Habakkuk chapter 1, he says, I'm doing a work that you wouldn't even believe if I told you. God, do a measurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, do something amazing. God, I don't want to just walk through the motions of church. I don't want to just approach this thing casually because you love me so much that you sent Jesus to the cross. God, I want to bear that to a people that don't know you because I want to worship with them forever. Right? Revival doesn't come with us approaching this thing like I'm the answer, or Jeff's the answer, or the piano's the answer, or, or which facility we worship as is the answer. No, 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 no. It comes when the church, you, me, hit our face. I say, God, if you're not in it, I ain't having it. If you're not in it, I'm not going. 
God, I've, I've, I've got some preferences. I've got some pictures hanging in my mind of what I think this ought to look like. But God, i got to lay that aside and I want to see your face for your church. This is your thing. We're your people. We're called by your name. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's uncomfortable. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I'm insecure. But God, you've got to take this thing. That's where revival comes. Is when the people of God are in total submission of Him. Man, I was thinking at the start of this message we would put the first one online, but I think after that right there, we got to put this one online. Pray and seek my face. Revival doesn't come from us. It comes from God. I'm, I'm doing... I've been asked to, to, to write this devotional for a devotional that's, been, that's being put together. Because there's a group of people down in the South that have been praying for years for the next great awakening to come out of New England. And so I've been asked to write five devotionals and, and, and it's going to be published and yada, yada, yada. They're asking 52 pastors from New England to put this thing together and then they're going to include a historical thing and it's, going to, it's just going to be awesome. And the whole point of this devotional is to point people to pray for revival to come from this land. And it's not going to come because we're awesome. It's not going to come because we merged. It's not going to become because it's not going to come because we just did this thing and we thought it'd be cool and yada yada yada. It's going to come because God moves. And he promises here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verses 11 through 15, mainly verse 14, right? If my people if my people, if the church would humble themselves, pray and seek my face. I love reading David's writing. He's a little bit of a schizophrenic, but in the Psalms, if you've ever read Psalms, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But Scripture says that David cried out to God seven times a day. Seven times a day. And I don't, I don't look at it crying out. Like, I don't think in my mind. Now, I could be wrong, right? I'm not perfect. But, but I don't think in my mind that crying out to God is, God bless this meal. Amen. Like, that's not what crying, like, like to me, that, I picture crying out to God like, like, like ugly. Right? Like just, just, just all up in, you know what I mean? Passionate, like breaking a sweat at the end of this thing. Like, like, I, like, I don't know about you, but I believe the church of Jesus Christ and our prayer closets ought to be in the most passionate places on the earth. They ought to be the most, they ought to be the most passionate places. Man, if we break a sweat more cheering for the Patriots tonight than we did this morning up at church, something's backwards. Something's backwards. So when, 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 when God says here, if my people I've, whom I've called as my own possession would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. When's the last time you sought the face of God over anything? When's the last time you sought the face of God over anything? I wake up every morning to four things that make me seek the face of God every day. 
Their names are Bria, Micah, Ezra, and Vera. Because I want them to walk with Jesus more than I want anything on this planet. Pray and seek my face. And then he gets to something here, right? Turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways, right? So if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Church, we carry around so much baggage. Man, we carry around so much stuff. We carry around so many hurts. And listen, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm, not, I'm not being as sensitive to your hurts. Some of your hurts that you're carrying this morning, that you carried into this place, they're so valid. They're so real. And I'm not, I'm not belittling those things. I'm not belittling those things. But what the writer of Hebrews says here, and what, what, what God tells Solomon here, I believe are so beautiful. When, Solomon, when, when God tells Solomon, right? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And the writer of Hebrews says, man, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every piece of baggage. Let us lay aside every sin that we're just trying to hide, thinking that nobody's going to see, nobody's going to care about. God doesn't obviously know about this thing, right? Because He, he knows everything, right? But, 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 but let, me, let, me, let me lay it aside. You see? You see the beauty of that? Lay it aside. And see, so many of us are good at about 80% of this or 90% of this, right? Okay, God, I can lay this aside. Okay, God, I can lay this aside. Okay, God, I can put this right here. Okay, God, that makes sense. I can lay this aside. Oh, wait. You want me to deal with that? But God, you don't... But Let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every sin which clings to us. When's the last time your sin just bothered you? When's the last time your attitude just made you sick? And you just said, man... That's just not who you want me to be, God. Let me lay aside my preferences. Let me lay aside my critical spirit. Let me lay aside this. Let me lay aside that. I don't want to be a hindrance to what you're doing. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then... Then, then, here's the beauty of it. Then, I will, here's the promise of God. You ready? Here's the promise of God. Second part of verse 14. Then I will hear from heaven. He's going to hear our prayer. He hears our prayers, right? I will forgive their sin. This is huge. This is huge. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Let's, let's go back and let's unpack this, right? I will forgive their sin. I want you to notice something. God heals the heart first. God heals the heart first. See, so many of us think that we've got to deal with some behaviors, right? So many of us think that we don't look like a Christian. We don't act like a Christian. We don't know enough to be a Christian. No, 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 no. God doesn't deal with your behaviors first. He deals with the heart first, right? When you think about Jesus 
One of the miracles that he did, I love it, right? The, the four guys, they carry the paralytic, right, to the house. The house is full. They climb up on the top of the house. They dig a hole in the roof. They lower this man before Jesus. What does Jesus heal first? His heart. He looks at the man and says, today your sins are forgiven. And he said, oh, oh wait, you want me to heal, his, heal, heal him physically too? Oh, okay, I'll do that. Get up, walk. But he healed his heart first. And see, so many of us think we've got to clean ourselves up before we come to God. No, 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 listen, listen. That, that's not how it works. You don't wash your car at home before you take it to the car wash. If you do, then we've got some serious issues that we need to talk about. <laughs> you take it to the car wash, right? I will forgive their sin. God wants to deal with your heart first. Right? I will forgive their sin and then I will heal their land. God answers the prayer. Here's my question for you this morning. Where are you in this? Where are you in this? When you think about Allie, when you think about Rick, when you think about Donna, when you think about Audrey, when you think about Herb, when you think about Jerry or Jim or Donna or Sherilyn, Henry, Madeline, Dave, Jeff, when you think about you, Second Chronicles chapter 7, 11 through 15, are you doubting God's voice? Are you sitting here this morning thinking, is God even hearing me? Or maybe you're thinking, okay, well, God doesn't even acknowledge me. God doesn't even care about me. God doesn't even care about my prayers. Okay, so he's heard me, but he hasn't responded, right? I can see the bubbles on the text message. I know that he's read it. I know that he's sitting there with it open, but he just will not respond. Maybe there's some humility that needs to happen. Maybe there's, there's a devotion problem. Maybe there's something that's gripped your heart. Maybe there's something that's grabbed your heart more. Maybe there's a sin. Maybe there's a weight. Maybe there's some baggage. And maybe you're just sitting here and you're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just not ready. Whatever it is, I think we could all find ourselves right here in this passage. What is the prayer that you need to pray this morning? God, I, I pray that you give me the strength to humble myself. God, I pray that you give me the strength to lay this aside. God, I pray that you would, you'd, you would remind me of your presence in some way, shape, or form this week. That I would be more aware of you as I go about my daily life. That I would be more, more, more mindful of who you are. What is your prayer? Because what would it look like? What would it look like to be a church that is known for our communion with God? What would it look like to be a church that's not known by cool gadgets or stuff or an awesome worship team or 
a great communicator or whatever, that we wouldn't be known for any of those things, but that we would be known as a people that seeks the face of God. That we would be known as a people that prays. What would it look like? What is your prayer this morning? As the worship team comes, and, but don't, don't, don't lose this moment, okay? As we close today, next week, next week, because I believe this is so important. We're going to be talking about prayer for the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about prayer. Guys, if you're going to help me serve communion, you can just come and kind of stand right here in the altar. Just hold tight for a second. We're going to be talking about prayer for the next few weeks because I believe this is such a big thing. I believe this is such a big deal. Next Sunday, next Sunday, you're going to get a, you're going to get a packet. Okay, Everybody's going to get a packet. If you're not going to be here because... You know, for whatever reason, that's okay. We'll figure out a way to get it to you. We'll post it online. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get it on our, our face pages or whatever. Um, I want to I invite you on a 21 days of prayer journey with me. That, that we, for 21 days, would center ourselves around who God is for His church. So we're going to have a prayer guide, and every day there's going to be something to a prayer focus and a verse or two to read and to look at because, because what would it look like? What would it look like to be a people of God in humility, humbling ourselves, seeking His face for our church, laying aside, laying aside our weights, laying aside our baggage, laying aside our stuff, laying aside our preferences, and asking Him, to heal our land. Greater things are still to be done. Greater things are still to come. And the temptation is just to say, oh, we merged. And sit back. We haven't done anything yet. And so next week, I'm going to ask you to take this journey with me for 21 days of seeking the face of God for His church. So would you prepare your heart this week? Would you prepare your heart this week? On the night that Jesus, and then I love the part in Scripture, where after they had eaten and drinking, eaten and drinking, after they had eaten and drank, Scripture says that they stood together and they sang. They worshipped. I was thinking with the worship team this morning. A few years ago, Kristen and I got to go to Israel and we got to stand in the upper room where it said that this happened. And I can just, I can place myself there in my mind and I can just picture these guys not understanding everything. but trusting this man so much that he was in control, that he had it together, and that even in what he had just said, they chose to worship him. What a beautiful thing. So as we close our service this morning, we want to do the same. We want to stand and we want to sing. We want to stand and we want to worship. And would you claim today that there are greater things still to come. God, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for the beauty of who you are. And I pray, I pray that as you're moving and as you're doing a work, that we'll trust you and we'll give ourselves fully to you. Have your way in this church. In Jesus' name, amen.